I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to ride. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Olympics. Um, like we said on previous shows, every week um, we're going to give out a link um, to Special Olympics so that you can have an opportunity to give donations to a great um, organization. And um, we're contributing every month and we hope that you join us in that endeavor. So make sure that you check it out. Um, again, Special Olympics is something that's very dear um, to a lot of people's heart um, because it helps out a lot of people um, who, who need that kind of support. And so we want to give what we can. We hope that you can too. Um, and other news as well, we're almost at 500 followers. And that is baffling and breathtaking and awesome all at the same time. So thank you um, for showing your support. And um, we appreciate it. And we hope that next week we can say that we have 500 followers on Facebook. Um, so make sure that you like us, share, let your friends and your family know that, you know, there is a venue that you can go to to get some good political commentary and political insight, and um, hopefully that's outside of the mainstream media. So, again, thank you for um, doing all of that, and we appreciate all of your support. So, let's get started to the show, shall we? Um, first up is my take, and um, it's, it's interesting what's going on this week. Um, we have, for example, Steve Bannon just today got kicked off of the National Security Council. You have the Supreme Court that is um, being pushed through Congress right now. You have Jared Kushner, um, who is seemingly the Secretary of Everything. And, you know, you have Eric Krentz, who was the sister of Betty DeVos, the Secretary of Education, um, trying to set up um, communication channels between the United States, President Trump, and Russia. So it's a, a lot of stuff is going on. Um, but the most critical thing that I think has been going on is, of course, in Syria. Um, and 
that's gonna be part of my take and the, my take on it is the response that we got from the White House Sean Spicer and um, President Trump and basically what it was it was a continuation of this continuing policy that we've seen see come out of the White House of blame the other person um, and what happened for this situation was that they blamed Obama they laid it at his feet that the actions of Assad where he did uh, chemical warfare on his own citizens um, killing an estimated 100 um, at least 20 kids and basically they were saying that it was Obama's fault because of his weakness and um, irresolution now you, th this is not giving um, cover for the Obama administration because you're right there was a red line that was crossed and seemingly nothing was done also this is partly blamed on Congress we will get more into that um, later on but to keep blaming somebody else for some for an action that's done on your watch it's just seemingly getting more and more tiring uh, it's been again a continuing pattern um, let's go back when the Yemen raid um, was uh, by some uh, experts um, botched and failed they were well this was, it was planned during the Obama administration this was uh, not really us it was planned during the Obama administration and then we simply continued it so his failure is not really on us. On um, the death of um, Officer Ryan during that raid, but President Trump said they lost Ryan, as if him as the commander in chief can be taken away from the from the equation because he just simply wishes for it to be so. Um, on health care, it was Speaker Ryan who botched that deal. It was the House Freedom Caucus. It was the Democrats. It was everybody except the great negotiator in chief who failed to get health care through Congress, or at least through the House. So don't blame him. Don't blame President Trump. Blame Speaker Ryan. Blame someone else. And let's not forget the biggest misstatement uh, or straight out lie was that the reason that he lost the popular vote in the 2016 election was not because people didn't want to vote for him, was because you had all of these illegal votes going on. Three to five million people didn't vote. Or, excuse me, they voted illegally. So that's the reason why he lost. It wasn't because, you know, people just didn't like him or didn't want to vote for him. It was simply because all these illegal people, illegal immigrants, just came over here and are now voting illegally. And that's why he lost. So this is my message to the Trump presidency. And I, again, I hope that there's at least somebody in the White House who's maybe listening to us. Um, and then if you are, you know, give us a shout out or something. But the blame game. The buck stops at the White House. It has to. You are the commander-in-chief. You are the leader. I know you don't want to be a leader of the world, but you are at least the leader of the free world. So the buck stops with you. The blame game, the blaming Obama, blaming Hillary, blaming Democrats, blaming Republicans, blaming uh, Speaker Ryan, blaming everybody else except the White House has to end at some point. It's becoming tiring to see every single week, every single catastrophe, every single bad thing that happens. It seems to be someone else's fault except the White House. Whenever you encounter with this argument, for example, when you're saying that you had the biggest inaugural size in the history of the United States, and people can simply say, excuse me, Mr. President, I have the numbers right here. Um, you actually did not even have anywhere close to that. And then you simply brush it off, well, I read it somewhere. That's it. When you tweet something that's horrifically inaccurate, such as a black-on-black -black crime rate, or such as any other inaccurate crime rate that you have tweeted, it's simply that well, I just retweeted it. That wasn't me saying it. I simply retweeted it. As if you don't understand the fundamental instance of a retweet, it's basically that you're co-signing what is being said. 
That's how retweets work. So, again, it's just the blame game. Push it off to someone else anytime that you encounter with something that you don't like. At some point, Mr. President, at some point, Mr. Secretary, the blame game has to stop. And you have to acknowledge that you're in the control now. You're in the seat now. It is your call. So what are you going to do? That's my take. So now we're going to go into the Syrian crisis. And I, I, I'm not going to be as overly critical because something came out that I actually did like. And that was the words uttered by President Trump. They said, I accept responsibility. Now, again, this is a vast shift from what um, he said less than 24 hours ago, or at least the White House said 24 hours ago. Um, it was that, you know, it was Obama administration's fault. But during a press briefing um, with um, King Jordan, King of Jordan, um, President Trump seemed to finally acknowledge that, hey, this is my seat. I'm in here now. It is my responsibility. Now, some people can criticize and say, uh, sir, we're on day 72. Um, so you're kind of late, but better late than never. Uh, but he is acknowledging that what's going on around the world has to be answered. And the United States plays a big role in that. Um, this is what he said uh, at that press conference. And, again, it was a, a vast shift from what is usually said. Um, is a, a hopefully a positive turn. Hopefully... Um, this president is starting to realize um, more and more that people are relying on him. People are relying on um, what he's saying, what he's doing to hopefully um, bring about some kind of action because what's going on in Syria must be um, answered. It cannot just continuously be ignored or be um, just brushed aside and someone has to answer for it. So this is what uh, President Trump said about it. This is a chemical attack. A chemical attack that the state has led in Syria against innocent people, including women, small children, and even beautiful little babies. Their death was an affront to humanity. Innocent babies, babies, little babies, with with chemical gas that is so lethal, people are shocked to hear what gas it was that causes many, many lives beyond a loved one, many, many lives. And I will tell you that attack on children yesterday had a big impact on me, big impact. That was a horrible, horrible thing. And I've been watching it and seeing it doesn't get any worse than that. And I have that flexibility, and it's very, very possible. And I will tell you, it's already happened, that my attitude toward Syria and Assad has changed very much. So that was um, President Trump's commentary about reacting to what had occurred in Syria. So just for those that do not know, um, 
it is estimated as believed that the Syrian government um, performed a chemical attack on its government in a rebel-controlled area um, on Tuesday. Um, approximately 100 people have been killed because of the chemical attack. At least 20 of them are children. Um, it has been vastly condemned around the world, um, and it's good to see that the United States is also condemning it. Um, and hopefully, according to news today, that they are planning some kind of action on it. Now, let's not let's not be uh, naive here and say that conveniently enough, Russia was left out of the picture. Um, no, Russia plays a big role into backing Assad. There's been almost every national security analyst that speaks about this issue on TV um, also said that this whole notion that Russia is helping ISIS is basically an affront, and really they're wanting to keep Assad up because that's maintain their presence in the Middle East. But at some point, and it's good to see a Nikki Haley and and uh, people in the Trump orbit is starting to speak out more and more strongly against this, is that these crimes have to be answered for. I wish I could show you a better picture of what's behind me, and there is a slew of pictures of children literally choking, trying to breathe. There are children that are uh, foaming at the mouth, people foaming at the mouth because of this chemical attack and dying. You hear most of the stories of some people, uh, this man who couldn't save his twin children, but also at the same time, couldn't save his nephew, his niece, his brother, his sister. He lost almost 15 relatives in that chemical attack. A boy also familiarly lost 17 of his relatives in this chemical attack. So at some point, the United States is going to have to uh, uh, going to have to answer the call. Are we simply that that nation that that loves to spout out this rhetoric that we're the city on the hill, that we are the 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 shining example of what countries should do on this planet? Are we the ones to say that we're pro-life, but only when it, the child is inside the room? But after that point, then we don't really care. Are we that nation that only gets uh, angry and 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 frustrated and demanding of an answer, but only when that country is in Europe? If it's in Germany or France or Great Britain, that's when we get a- a- angry. But when it's in Syria or in Africa or any other of the Middle Eastern or African countries, that's when we just seem to turn a blind eye to it. It has to go beyond just outrage and social media. The people in power who says that we will, act, this is the red line for us. President Obama said it. Now President Trump has said it. So let's be clear, according to the United States, that red line has been crossed. Now, what are you going to do? He's not saying that this is an easy answer. Because going in means that you're basically going against Russia. Meaning that you're trying to destabilize yet another nation in hopes that it works out this time. We've played this picture before in Iraq, in Afghanistan, in Yemen, in Libya. A lot of these countries that we're in now, we ne- not necessarily are playing out with a clean W, not with a clean win. And this is a complex and vast issue where you're not just t- fighting terrorists, you're not just fighting the government, you're also trying to win the hearts and minds of the population in that country. So this is not saying that President Trump doesn't have a lot on his plate. But like I said at the top of the show, I, I, the, the, the passing of the buck has to stop. It seems to have stopped in this attack with President Trump saying he accepts responsibility. And that is a good thing, and I commend him for doing that. So now that he has said these, a- these words, what is going to be the follow-up action? You've heard news that he has been talking to Congress about some action needs to be done. He's talking to the Secretary of Defense, uh, General uh, Mattis. He's talked with Rex Tillerson about what's going on. We also have North Korea. That is seemingly becoming more and more aggressive. 
So it's good to see that this White House is starting to do something. But again, this is a complex issue. And necessarily just blowing everything up is just not going to work. At least not this time. So it's good to see that President Trump says he wants accept responsibility. It's good to see that he is saying that the buck is seemingly now stopping with him. And it's good to see that he has changed his mind on the side after this attack. Uh, because there were so many people in, in, in D.C. saying that um, he seemed to have turned a blind eye to it. Um, that the uh, Secretary of State said that Assad is basically his, his future relies on the people of Syria, which basically covers saying that the United States is not going to do anything about it. Uh, but it's good to see that at least this has changed the narrative. And hopefully that will continue on um, in the future. So it's good to see that, again, President saying that he fully accepts responsibility. Uh, the next story is something that I, w I was on a border fence of covering, to be honest, because it, uh, it's a political theater. It is um, seemingly almost nothing than that. Um, and if you're watching us on Facebook, just be also sure while I'm, while I'm going to the next story that if you wish to comment, um, that your comments will appear live. And bring more light into the discussion. So what's next is what's going on with a former Obama appointee, Susan Rice. And it's basically unmasking the unmasking. We've heard for weeks of who is this mystery person, this high intelligence person that is um, been leaking these names or unmasking these names. Well, now we have a name. It is Susan Rice. Now, before we go into what the Susan Rice thing is, explaining what unmasking means, why the left and the right has turned this into nothing but political theater, let's first say that contrary to what President Trump said yesterday, um, just be flat out, again, nods out here, what Susan Rice did was not illegal. What she did was unmask. Unmasking is, and we're going to go, again, we're going to go into more details about it uh, in a few minutes, but basically she did her job. She is a top national security advisor to President Obama. So, if anyone has authority to unmask names, it is her. There is a process for this. It isn't just a wish or it isn't like just a sticky note that she can peel back and say, I want to see these names. It doesn't work like that. There's a process to it. It's a complex process to it. We're going to give you at least a condensed version in a few minutes. But please understand that what she did was not illegal. So the smoking gun that, that the, the right-wing media seems to be thinking they have of, aha, it's Susan Rice. And so she's obviously guilty. It's just not there. Now, if she did something unethical, maybe. But we don't have proof of that right now. Just to be clear of that. We don't have proof that she did anything that was out of bounds. And just keep also keep in mind that the person that was unmasked was General Michael Flynn. The person who lied about not only his connection with Russia, but also the fact that he was a foreign agent for Turkey. So maybe there is a merit for why she wanted to know who this person is because this person not only, again, seemingly trying to undermine the U.S. government as far as these sanctions with Russia, but also seemingly, according to reports, is also trying to organize um, the potential kidnapping of someone that Turkey wants back. And he's seemingly trying to see what he can do for that. Now, Susan Rice is a good target for the right and for the conservatives because remember that she misspoke about Benghazi. And saying misspoke is giving her a lot of leeway. But she misspoke about Benghazi. Her people can say lie. So it's easier for her to say, oh, it's Susan Rice. Because, again, her credibility is long. 
also when she did an interview, I believe last week or the week before, or the week before that, uh, with PBS News, um, she also did not help her case at all because in this interview, um, she basically said that she didn't know anything about it. Now, she parsed her words. You can hear. I'm gonna play the uh, actual what she said, uh, what the interviewer asked, and then um, let you hear the, the full uh, synopsis of what was said. So, again, she parsed the words, just be honest. Reporter asked, do you know anything about this unmasking, about people's names being leaked? She said that she didn't know anything about that, about the wiretapping claims. If you hear in the dialogue, she, that what she's talking about is wiretapping. She didn't address, in fact, she kind of avoided the whole question because she wasn't addressing the wiretapping or leaking. I mean, the, the, uh, the unmasking or the leaking. She was addressing just the wiretapping. Again, you can see me getting confused because how she parsed her words. She was not referring to, again, the leaking or the unmasking. She was simply referring to the wiretapping. So, again, that's why people are saying you kind of lied about it. And uh, I'm giving her leeway here. But the process kind of speaks for her as well. It is not simply that there is this report that comes out and that she sees it and she can unmask whomever the U.S. citizen is. I even made a little part chart to help show this as well. So the FBI and the NSA does surveillance of a foreign operative, a foreign um, entity, a foreign ambassador, whomever it is, foreign. Um, this is also done by either a FISA court that said that this is legitimate. There's a reason for doing this. So when the FBI and NSA do that surveillance and then compile that report, it takes out any name of any U.S. citizen because the FISA warrant does not cover that person. It only covers surveilling that foreign entity, not the U.S. So if, say, General Michael Flynn is on this phone call, is not, if they take off the name of General Michael Flynn and replace it with something like Citizen A or Mel A or something like that so you don't have an idea of who this person is as far as in the United States. That report was then sent to the advisor, Susan Rice. Susan Rice reads this, and she sees, hey, this person, Citizen A, seems to be in a lot of these reports. He's in this communication with Russia, and he's also seen to be in these communications with Turkey. To put context on this, who is this person? 
You're saying they're undermining, they may be undermining the U.S. government by trying to do dealings with Russia as far as sanctions. Um, they might be trying to do some kind of deal with Turkey as far as sending this person back to the country. Who is this person? I would like to know who this is. So then they send a request. Again, a request, not a demand. A request to the FBI and the NSA, can you unmask his name? Can you let me know who this person is? NSA, FBI, then see, do this person, does Susan Rice have a legitimate reason to know this person's name? Is it better to put better context on it? If they agree, then they remove the mask and let Susan Rice know who that person is. If they do not agree, they decline it, and Susan, Nass does not Susan Rice does not find out who the person is that's being masked. Again, it's a request, and the FBI and NSA has to agree with her reasoning in order for that unmasking process to begin. So, if Susan Rice found out that it was Michael Flynn on these reports, that means that the FBI and at least the NSA was in agreement with her reasoning that she needed to know who this person was. Again, this is not just a demand that she's sending out. It's a request. It's a process. And a process that is also long. So, if she wanted to do this on the sly and on the cloak of darkness, she literally sent her, carding, her, her calling card in the email. That's probably how the Trump White House found out because they looked up who did it and her name was there. So again, it's not that secretive. You can find out simply by looking it up. So, is there something illegal there? No. Is there something unethical there? Maybe. Does she have some credibility issues? Absolutely. So is the right making this something that it is? Yes. Are liberals trying to blindly defend this just to cover up? Also yes. But this is why she need I I absolutely agree with this that she probably needs to go and ask her for it, and this may not be helpful for Republicans or for the Trump White House because if I'm Susan Rice and you call me up here and you've been slandering my name and they ask me hey why do you need to know General Michael Flynn's name I'm gonna let it all out I'm gonna let you know exactly because this man was talking to Russia on this date this date this date about this sanction this sanction this sanction he's also talking with Turkey about this thing this thing this thing and sending this person this place where they should not have been. I will just let it out there. So if she gets called up, I hope that she does testify because it might turn to bite Republicans and Trump White House somewhere that they might not like. Um, so last thing is going uh, more in depth into the White House. And uh, this is talking about the budget. And we've been covering this uh, for the last two weeks. And again, um, going into more detail now about what is some of the things that are being cut from this budget. We've talked, we've already talked about the Mar-a-Lago thing, how there's a ridiculous amount of money being spent there, how it seems kind of hypocritical that we're cutting these things, but we're still funding deep vacations, um, how the Secret Service is apparently being ran to the ground now. So, because they have enough fund and cover all the security and they're requesting more money because they can't afford it. So, that's what's being covered now. But now we're going to get into more details about some of the programs that are being cut. And one of the programs that are being cut are after-school programs for kids. Um, the, when the budget director came out and his reasoning for this, um, he was essentially saying that you're not seeing, we're not seeing results. We're not seeing any dividends um, from these after-school programs that are supposedly supposed to um, benefit these kids, benefit, um, you know, give these kids food so they can do better in school. We're not seeing the results. Um, and because of that, we're going to cut it. I'll let you listen to his reasoning and then uh, come up on the other side for the commentary.
So, again, you just heard the man. There's no demonstrative evidence that they're doing that. There's no demonstrative evidence that any of these programs that sound good are actually doing anything that they're supposed to do. So, basically, we're not seeing the results we want. That's why we're authorizing $1.2 billion. That's right. $1.2 billion be cut from our school programs. Now, you may be thinking, well, why in the hell do you want to do that? That doesn't even sound right politically. So, you work right. But, again, this comes from White House that does not understand those struggles. Doesn't understand how you're trying to tell a parent who sends their kid to after-school program, well, we're not seeing the results that you really want to, so we're just going to cut this program. And, yes, these are not federal programs, but let's not pretend that you cutting $1.2 billion is just a drop in the bucket for them, and they're not going to miss that money at all. This is the Sesame Street. Sesame Street is funded by HBO. Yes, they might survive, but Mills on Wheels and these, some of these after-school programs, they might not survive. And if they do survive, they might not be, be able to provide the coverage to these people that they used to be able to with the federal um, budget or with the federal grants. So it's going to hurt these people. And, again, when you look at it in the context of you go golfing every week, you look in the context of you have a penthouse in New York that costs over a hundred grand every day to secure, and you have a mansion that you can also live in. It's like, well, why do you have to cut this program? And again, this is just not Democrat standards either. It's just not people on the left, all these uh, bleeding heart liberals that stand it either. You also have some Republicans, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who you know. Donald Trump seemingly loves to hit at every now and then, also said something about this. Also said that, how do you do this? How do you justify taking money away from these kids? This is what he said about it. So again, this is not just a liberal thing. This is not just a bleeding heart thing. This is talking about removing funds for after-school programs that provide support for kids who may not have that support at home. I was looking at I had support at home, but I also went to after-school program. I went to the Boys and Girls Club pretty much all my life. It was my first job, and I'm grateful for that opportunity. Some kids go to the YMCA, Women's Girls Club of, of America, some other after-school programs that provide support and nurturing and, and mentoring for kids who may not have it. And for this White House to simply say that we're not seeing the results, and I, at the end, not providing any evidence of what the results are looking at, just saying we're not seeing the results, so we're going to cut it, is horribly out of touch with what the rest of America is seeing and experiencing. And I can really just blame them all the time. Because, again, they probably never had to live in this situation. They can afford this kind of stuff. Afford nannies, afford babysitters, X, Y, and Z. Probably never had to see their kid go to the after-school program. So they don't understand the importance of it. But these things are important to people. Not just, not just liberal people, but middle class and lower class people who are allowing these programs. 
who may not be able to pick up their kid from school at 3 o'clock because they're working a 9 to 5, a 9 to 6, a 6 to 6. So these, they, they rely on the school programs to watch over their kid while they're working, while they're getting the income so they can survive. And again, cutting that, shrinking that, reducing that, does not make America great again. I fail to see the, the connectivity between cutting after school programs and making America great again. I don't think, I don't see how that's going to bring about jobs. I don't see how that's boosting the economy. I don't see how that's making us more secure or more uh, stable or more great. I just don't see it. And again, in the context thing that we're, we can afford $59 billion more dollars a year for our defense, but can't afford $1.2 billion to feed kids or watch over kids or to care for kids. Come on, there's be some point that it, that that doesn't seem right. There'll be some point that we're like saying like it, that just doesn't make any sense to me. So hopefully, Congress, because the budget has to be passed through Congress, hopefully Congress will look at that proposal and say no, we can't do that. We can't cut that much from our school programs. Not while we're asking so much more money to things that don't really need it, such as defense, such as Mar-a-Lago visits such as other vacations. These are things that, again, we need to be paying more attention to than just tweets because these are things that have more critical impact because, again, after-school programs are a necessity to America. They provide a much-needed service to this country, and we should be strengthening them. We should be embracing them instead of saying that we're not seeing the results, so we're cutting them, and then your kid be on his own out of school so that was part of our show um we're glad that you tuned in as always um and make sure that you check us out again every thursday at 8 p.m uh eastern standard time if you're listening to the show on live you can always check us out on mixer via our show reel you can also check it out on soundcloud and itunes um subscribe to our podcast so you can get updates as they come down uh, we up we upload the audio files to soundcloud itunes literally the night of this podcast so, again, um, you will have an opportunity to uh, watch it and listen to it um, all throughout the week. So, again, thank you for supporting us. Um, we're almost to 500 followers. So, again, please like and share the video um, and like and share our page. We post continuously throughout the uh, week about all the cool stuff that we think are important to you. If you're on Twitter, please be sure to check me out on Twitter. I'm Rick G uh, underscore PCP Radio. Um, I provide better, funny co- commentary. At least I think I hope so. So you can check me out on there. And then lastly, um, again, if you wish to donate to a great cause, um, you can donate to the Special Olympics. Again, we donate it every month. We hope that you enjoy us in that endeavor. Again, it's a great cause for some great people who need it. Uh, so thank you for checking us out. Check us out next Thursday um, here on Facebook and on Mixer. And until then, be safe and stay blessed. And um, again, positive people. We will see you all next week.